Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, I'm here with Carrie Little. Hello. The idea when I was making this podcast, what I got it from initially was reading Judd Apatow stuck in the head where when he was a teenager, he went around to different comedians' houses. Um, what He actually called their agents. He didn't, he didn't just show up. That's <laughs> one way he's getting into you. <laughs> yeah, and he pretended to be someone important. And uh, they opened the door and there was just this little teenager standing there. And then he would ask them questions. He asked them very specific questions because mm. he wanted to be a stand-up comedian. He would ask, like, how did you... Uh, get your first gig how did you stay afloat but step by step so yeah I definitely wanted to interview you because yes. you're at the beginning of your stand-up career so welcome to the creative diaries Woo! Woo! <laughs> yeah the beginning being that I've had an idea that I want to do stand-up that's that's the that's the beginning of my career so far where'd you get that idea from um who encouraged you a lot of it is friends kind of boosting my ego by uh conversationally they're like oh you're really funny uh offhand comments being like you should do stand up and then enough people said that that was like yeah no I clearly I can (laughs) um but uh yeah from that arrogance there's kind (laughs) of uh yeah I've wanted to give it a go and since moving to London a couple months ago uh, I've been surrounded by a lot of comedians and have you found that are you okay? They're an interesting bunch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like uh, there tends to be, I found, two different categories of comedians. Ones that are, oh God, how not to offend the whole community. <laughs> <laughs> ones that are uh, women. One, one, yeah, one, ones that take themselves very seriously and yeah. um, like to engage with other comedians. And if you don't happen to be a prominent comedian you're not on the top of their list to engage with, let's say that. And then others are super down to earth and they like just talk to you like you're a human being, which is always nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so far uh, being in London, you get a, a good mix of different new comedians, well-established comedians. This There's this kind of weird underground famous but not famous set of comedians that when you walk into, you're like, who are they? But they're apparently quite a big deal. <laughs> oh, that's what happened with me when I met Phil Wang. Oh, that's when I had my oh. one thing. Everyone was like, this is Phil Wang. And, and then I was with a comedian and he came up to introduce himself to the comedian and say, oh, hi. And then everyone was like, oh, you've just met Phil Wang. And, and then after that, I watched Taskmaster and I was like, no, yeah, I get it. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I'm I'm the worst for spotting like any kind of celebrity. Like someone will be like, "Oh, Brad Pitt just walked past," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was yeah, just looking at the floor. I didn't see them. Everyone in London is like that because I've I've passed so many people when I first moved here from Ireland because I like in Ireland if you're passing someone on the street you're just like, "Hey, how are you?" Yeah, yeah. So I would look up in people's eyes in case they just in case they looked at me. Yeah, and. uh yeah, yeah, then I'd be like, we just, reserve. <laughs> we just passed Stephen Amell. And the other guy would be like, what? You know, the arrow. They're, he's not a comedian, but still. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely. You know, I've missed uh, a lot of, co- like, especially being at, uh, around Soho, like Soho Theatre and stuff. There's always, uh, well, you pointed out Ashlyn B the other day. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah. she's actually here in the flesh. <laughs> I know. Oh, that was like the night before we 
started discussing nasty. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was yeah. such bad timing. Yeah, that was. But maybe a sign yeah. that we should do it. Yes, that's <laughs> a good way to look at it. So were you interested in comedy growing up? Uh, yeah, well, so I grew up with four older brothers um, and that le- led to a lot of comedic events at my expense. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, they... Uh, They've always been very funny. The one up for me, uh, Brendan, he's always been a a big influence on like uh, my my sense of humour. Um, growing up, he'd always show me, uh, like introduce me to shows that he liked, like Father Ted, The Office and stuff like that. And um, I think growing up with that um, really moulded my sense of humour. And I've got to shout out The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. I will say, I think every great, comedic person has acknowledged the Simpsons in some way <laughs> yeah <laughs> that they like the writing in the early series so I had that I, I basically I sat in front of the tv a lot and watched comedies uh and having my brothers as well um and having to entertain ourselves a lot I think um that really shaped my sense of humor and it was kind of the first making people laugh was the first kind of like wow this is really cool like you can cause this reaction in people by yeah. just saying things. And uh, yeah, from there, that's kind of been my vice, I would say. So like The Office and Father Ted both have, they they definitely have themed comedy. Mm, you know, yeah. Father Ted has kind of Dougal going around yeah. being like stupidly funny. And then The Office has kind of a, a dark, I, I think a dark undertone of, you know, Ricky Gervais's kind of comedy. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. People may disagree. But what do you want your comedy to be like? Oh, that's a different question. That's a difficult question. Um, <laughs> what do I want my comedy to be like? Um, what kind of themes do you think you'll you'll hit off? Oh, okay. Um, so recently, because um, I've just left uh, Kent to move up to London. Uh, and whilst I was living in Kent, uh, I had a cafe job, as like a lot of graduates do. Um, and uh, customer service, probably all that kind of experience with um, difficult customers and things like that, and the anecdotes that you get from that. Uh, I just started telling those anecdotes to people. They found it funny. So that I suppose it's kind of um, observational comedy to an extent. Like Michael McIntyre, a little bit. A little bit, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. But um, hopefully less on the nose, I suppose. I feel like I'm insulting a lot of comedians. I don't mean it. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're great. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, yeah, uh, I suppose I like to like talk and write about uh, what I know. So a lot of that's like, I suppose it's on the darker scale of things as well, like... Um, tough situations in life and themes of like death and stuff like that um, which I've dealt with in my personal life and stuff and I think can transfer over quite well into comedy ooh Mm. yeah death (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's it I just get up on stage and say death and that's it (laughs) (laughs) that would be quite dark yeah Uh, yeah uh, but I suppose yeah um that's like, have you seen Daniel Sloss's Netflix special? No, I haven't. He is too. And uh, the first one is really dark. And the second one, Jigsaw, is mainly about relationships and how a lot of people try and fit into relationships because they don't love themselves. And then, it's quite true. <laughs> yeah. 
But he talks about his sister who passed away when he was younger and he makes a lot of really, really dark jokes. Um, right, yeah. Which people laugh at. It's like one of the things you kind of laugh and then kind of go, oh, yeah. he's talking about his yeah, sister. Yeah. I quite like that though because it's, uh, I think it is quite inherently funny, that dark because yeah. you know you shouldn't be laughing at it kind of thing. Yeah, it's a coping um, mechanism as yeah, well, Yeah, oh, it? 100%, yeah. Uh, and um, it's one of those things, it's like, um, no one really wants to talk about it, but when if someone's using comedy to talk about it, it is funny, but then people are like, oh, oh shit, I shouldn't have laughed at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I quite like that. It's like stuff with The Office, some people find it super super like secondhand um embarrassment from watching it but that's what i really like about it that is so kind of cringy and yeah i like that kind of humor i suppose um that's kind of makes you uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) prepare the audience beforehand yeah exactly (laughs) do you have like a favorite comedian this is really odd because i say i want to be a stand-up uh but i haven't I'm kind of I'm trying to get into watching more stand-up comedians, uh, and this is my issue with wanting to be a stand-up is that I, I'm, I'm funny in conversation, but I don't know if that will translate. So I'm trying to see more comedians. My point being, mm-hmm. um, so uh, like I said, I kind of grew up watching shows and stuff like that. Uh, so that was where my main source of comedy came from. But uh, as growing up. Um, and I've worked in different places where they've had theatres and stuff like that. And I've, so I've managed to see people like Sarah Pascoe, really enjoyed her um, when she came to uh, my cafe that I worked at. Um, yeah, so I don't have a particular comedian that I'm like, oh, so great. I like Louis C.K. before he like started getting his cock out to women without their consent. Oh, <laughs> I you meant in their stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he may have done, who knows? <laughs> Because there was one one thing I was reading when I was reading this book. It's just all about comedians answering about yeah. when you get a good joke, are you going to go repeat that? Like some of the, the great comedians, like uh, I think Jerry Seinfeld, repeat the same set. And then if he, they get a better laugh out of something, they add it to it. And and right. uh, one of the comedians was saying like they actually can't watch new comedians because it, it, it gets into their brain. And then without them realizing, if they think it's really funny... They regurgitate it themselves yeah, in yeah. some form or another. Yeah, just going to uh, like bringers to uh, just open mic nights like more recently. Um, yeah, definitely. I can see how that happened. Like I was watching stand ups and I was like, that's such a funny concept. And then you can't start daydreaming in your head about what you want to do with your own <laughs> comedy. And then you realize that you've just incorporated what they've just said. You're like, no, 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 no. I'm not. I don't want to start by stealing people's material. Yeah. So I can see how it's really difficult to. Because if you watch someone who gets like a massive laugh and you're like, you're, I think your first instinct is to be like, okay, how do I recreate that for myself? But I thought yeah. it was hilarious this one time when we were out and uh, that guy was telling us about his shows, his show Clown Sex. And then you <laughs> said like, two of the things I'm most terrified of. <laughs> <laughs> Just never left my mind because it got such a big laugh as well. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's arrogantly enough, I think, my main drive is getting people to go yeah you're funny and I'm like (laughs) yes achieved (laughs) um but yeah yeah and that's one of my um worries going into stand-up is that whether it translates or not um because I think it's too and I think a lot of comedians say that it's two different things like uh being funny in conversation and actually performing a set 
But nonetheless, I'm going to give it a go. And if I bomb, I bomb. And I, you have to deal with me crying afterwards. Yeah, you won't bomb, everyone. <laughs> I'll just laugh really loudly. Yeah, yeah. I need my. I need a select few people in the audience that just laugh, laugh yeah. even if I'm like there crying on stage. Who would you say you got your creativity from? Is your family creative? Yeah, um, so a bit of a weird dynamic in my family. So it's my dad, single dad, uh, with four boys and a, the girl, me, the youngest. And pretty much all of us have always had a creative flair, uh, except for one brother who's totally, like, maths involved and he's, like, you know, that kind of stereotypical... You're either really into maths and stuff and science or, like, English and art. Uh, but all my other brothers, uh, they've always been, like, artists... Uh, or some kind of creative outlet like that, like drawing or whatever. Um, yeah, and I, I've always been into uh, creative writing and things like that. I think that's how um, I started off being creative, like writing stories. And yeah. The problem with being creative is it's so easy to be lazy with it. Mm. It's so easy to be like, oh, I, I can't write because I don't have the inspiration to write. Whereas like, I think probably 80% of being creative is sitting down getting into a routine and writing no matter what or you know yeah writing stand or whatever it would be yeah like, um motivation but, yeah the motivation yeah. for it and uh you, when you do have those moments of like pure inspiration and you're like you you write down a thousand words in an hour and you're like yes if only i could be like this all the time yeah but it never happens and then you just go it's never going to be like that time I had that inspiration, so why bother? But yeah, you kind of have to fight that. Not that I do, but um, yeah. <laughs> Has that been your biggest roadblock with starting out? Yeah, I think, uh, and the fight between um, kind of getting a regular job or being creative. Uh, and I know that's not, like, they're not mutually exclusive, like you don't have to choose either. But in my own mind, uh, I kind of struggle with the decision to sit down, get a proper proper job, quotation marks, or do something more creative and take a bit of a risk. Uh, yeah. And I'm not much of a risk taker. So I keep getting pulled like from one side to the other. So yeah, I think, and that's an, another excuse not to like sit down and write and be creative and take those risks when you're like, oh, well, it might not pay off. And yeah. I'm busy. I'm busy at my like job, which is a shit job that's going nowhere. But you're telling yourself, like, well, I'm, I'm earning enough to pay rent, so that's enough. And yeah. uh, you get stuck in that loop, I think. Yeah, I think that's really... Because there was a bunch of us from that we were 15, 14. We went to a youth theatre in Ireland together. And there was three of us that wanted to move over and go to drama school at the same time. And then one of them now is teaching. Another one keeps changing courses. Mm. And the whole thing with going for this kind of stuff anyway is you have to be privileged to do it. Because I have... Yeah a security blanket in a way like worst comes to worst I could move home mm -hmm. and live with my mom yeah you yeah. know and if you, if yeah. I didn't have that I wouldn't be able to go for that yeah yeah you know so it's quite a lucky thing isn't yeah, it yeah it's uh, so it's, I can understand what you're saying with the, yeah the that's another thing and I think everyone like I'm a white <laughs> I'm a white woman <laughs> I'm quite privileged <laughs> as it is um <laughs> but I think uh, yeah everyone's privileged to an extent but um uh, I think growing up as well like I struggled 
seeing other people who had different opportunities than me and more opportunities than me kind of like so somewhat handed to them and I think it's really it's really hard to get out of the cycle because that is another roadblock when you're in the cycle of well they've got it better than me and why should I have to try as hard because they've had it handed to them and they're privileged it's very easy to get lost in that but yeah I struggled a lot with that first going to uni and seeing all these different types of people who kind of parents were willing to help them no matter what that wasn't an option for me so you know my first thought was like oh well fuck them then and you know I'm just gonna not bother doing anything because what's the point but I I, you know I came to conclusion that that just creates a terrible feeling inside yourself and you just kind of sit with hate in you and then that's just another massive roadblock for doing anything creative so yeah there is a lot of privilege in that in, in, in creative fields definitely yeah but um I try and look at it like, okay, if it was me, there's I wouldn't turn it down. Like yeah. I'm not gonna blame someone for taking that opportunity. And a lot you'll find a lot of people that are willing to share that opportunity as well. Like as long as you don't go in being like, Fuck you, you've got better than me yeah. <laughs> They're normally quite willing to help. So what is your plan going forward? So now you wanna get into stand up comedy. Yeah. What's next? So uh, first and foremost, we are running a comedy night on the 27th of September <laughs> of this year. A uh, Very exciting. It's going to be all female. The background cast and crew uh, are going to be females. Uh, and that was kind of born out of a bad night out <laughs> with fellow comedians. <laughs> yeah, to be quite pointed about it. Um, I think there is a massive, still a massive issue with uh the culture with male comedians and um kind of uh ignoring women who are funny or ignoring people they're not attracted to essentially anyway i digress it came out of a night (laughs) where that kind of happened (laughs) and uh so we were like you know what why don't we take it into our own hands and create this uh night for females anyone can come but it's going to be a a space where women can and keep it inclusive as well for other yeah. people uh, to come along and do comedy so that's coming up i'm hoping to do some stand-up that night um i think it'll be a good opportunity because there'll be people i know and it'll be like a nice kind of safe space to do some comedy yeah um and maybe some open mics beforehand just to give it a go but if i turn around and hate it i don't have to do it on the night then <laughs> yeah and lastly i was gonna ask you what advice would you give to people starting out that are in your shoes now? I think the best thing, and I wrote it down in one of my many notebooks, I was watching The Marvelous Miss Maisel, and I forget the character's name, but her like uh, manager says something along the lines of, at a certain point, you've just got to do it, mm. and that's how you that's how you get into comedy just do it so I think that is I think you can think over until you die and never do it or you can just because literally watching stand-up anyone literally gets up and stands up and does comedy yeah like the more and more I watch it I'm like oh my god anyone can do this yeah. like, <laughs> so honestly like you can come up with all the excuses in your head like oh well maybe my comedy won't translate doesn't matter just stand up and do it and just kind of put your body on autopilot and get up there and do it. And I think that's probably the best route. Rip off the band-aid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for coming Yeah, in. thank you so I much really for having me. I really enjoyed chatting to you. Yeah, same. Um. 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series We Were the Lucky Ones with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.